Now, those of you uh, who know me may know that I live here in the San Antonio area, but my family also has a little property about an hour 20 northwest of San Antonio in the tiny little town of Medina. So when we saw on the news days in advance that the storm was coming, in fact, we knew we were going to be in sub-freezing temperatures and, and even down into the low teens as much as a week in advance. We decided that we would um, button up the house here in San Antonio, make sure everything was was secure, but head out to the ranch to uh, to weather the storm there. We've got some chickens to take care of, and um, and it's a little older home out there. We wanted to make sure that, that everything was okay. And so off we went to... Uh, to, to, to go out there. So what I wanted to do today was to kind of take you through what occurred for my family and I during that time and, uh, and the different tech and products and things that really helped us survive that experience, not just out there in Medina, but even our home in San Antonio, because there's some real tech that can really make a huge difference. Now, some of it is very high tech, utilizing the cloud, utilizing sensors, utilizing all of the things that we love to talk about here at Rackspace and I love to talk about uh, here on the podcast. And some of it, while is based on tech and is old as the, as the universe itself, um, some of these things are just common sense and you have to think through how to utilize them. And that's really the first piece when thinking about how do you prepare for and deal with any sorts of emergency. And it really is that first word that I used and that is you have to prepare. Remember when I said just a few minutes ago that that we knew a week in advance that this was coming? Well, if you fast forward kind of into the middle of our situation last week, the, there were lines at the grocery stores. They were rationing people going in and out. The shelves became empty. I mean, looking really third world like inside of there. Uh, you know, there's no reason for that. You know, you really, when you when you think about how to deal with disaster, when you think about how to deal with challenges, it has to really be part of your everyday. But especially when the news says, hey, in a week, it's going to be really, really cold. So that's one of the things that we did. We had a plan going into last week, and that was we protected the house as much as we could here in San Antonio and, uh, and made sure that, that we had folks looking out after it. And then we also ensured that, um, that we had everything that we would need to, to help weather the storm. So let's talk about some of the things that helped not only us, but the house survive. Now, I'll tell you, as I talk about us surviving, there were some real challenges. We had busted water pipes. I mean, we saw temperatures down to seven degrees last Monday morning. That is the coldest I may have ever seen it in Texas, at least in, in our part of Texas. And our homes, while built to withstand hurricanes and 100 plus degree temperatures, they just, they just aren't built for this. So we have to do things to prepare for it. Now, one thing that I did many years ago is, uh, is we're on a well pump out there. We, we don't have city water. In fact, we're very, it's extraordinarily rural where we are. We have to drive about five miles to, to get into the quote unquote little town. Uh, my closest neighbor is about a mile and a half away. If you could, you know, as the crow flies. And, um, and so you really have to think about how to be a little more self-sufficient. So the well that is on that property, just kind of water came out of the ground, went straight into the house. And I thought to myself, you know, if we ever lose power for any extended period of time, we're going to be, we're going to be in trouble. So the house is on the side of a hill. So I installed a big 2,500 gallon tank up on the highest point of the property. It's about 90 feet above the house and it's about 500 feet from the house. Buried pipes there. So the water comes out of the ground, goes up to the tank and then gravity brings it down to use on the rest of the property. Now all those pipes are buried. 
and and quite protected. And that actually was one of the pieces that really protected us, both for making sure we had water, but also ensuring that water was always flowing through pipes to help protect those that we could protect. And so that first bit of tech that uh, that helped saved us, I'm going to credit to our good friend, Sir Isaac Newton and his discovery of gravity or realization as to what it was, because that gravity of the water flowing down the hill was a huge piece of it. Now, another part was, remember, I told you I buried those pipes. Well, I tell you, geothermal and dirt just makes a great insulator. In fact, they're they're buried down about about eight to 12 inches, depending on the area. Uh, and as the snow, and we've got many inches of snow, um, finally landed and started to settle, the first area to melt was underneath was was over the ground where underneath ran those pipes. So that was uh, it was really kind of cool to see that happen. So that's one of the the first bit of technology is look for the things that exist naturally that you can capitalize on to help you out. Whether that's opening blinds to let the sun come in for extra heating, utilizing gravity with water. Now there's actually another way that I use gravity. You see in the house. I want to make sure that our water is super clean and have lots of treatment on that water. But we also have a, a gravity-fed water filter in the house. Now, this was um, helpful because we had we were able to continue to get water just as we uh, were accustomed to it and drinking it, uh, regardless of the outside temperatures. But I've, I've, I've heard from many people who were collecting rainwater to be able to flush toilets or even to figure out how they could drink. Now, they'd have to boil it, of course. But if you're collecting rainwater or the water, water as it drips off your roof as it melts, um, you could also just put that right into the into the gravity filter. Now, ours is from a company called Berkey, and, uh, and it is able to filter out. I mean, you can take water out of a stream and be able to drink it once it runs through that stuff. So the Berkey filter was incredible, incredible piece of tech, uh, albeit low tech in its implementation. Its design is very high tech with the, the carbon-based filters and the, and, the, and the other filters that are built into it. So it's a huge, huge piece of tech. All right, that's number one, gravity in how we got water to the house, as well as gravity and how we filtered our water. Now, second piece of, of tech that really came into play here in San Antonio, and it's from a company called Flume Water, www.flumewater.com. And what it is, its ultimate design is to do is to tell you if you have a water leak. Now, it works, they say, with about 95% of households in the U.S., and it's a little device that clamps onto your water meter. I think it actually consents when the ticks go by of, of water flowing through, connects to a base station that connects to the internet. And its whole purpose in life is to tell you if water is flowing when it shouldn't be flowing or at a higher rate of speed. So there's some AI behind it as far as knowing when it should and shouldn't. And I actually had, had installed it back in December because our local water system did a deal with them. In fact, they gave us it as a rebate. If we would go buy this thing at a discount from them, install it, they would rebate that money uh, that we spent on it back onto our, our bill, which was incredible. And at first I thought, this is a really good idea. And then I realized it was an amazing idea last week because while we had abandoned this house, we were had left it and were up in, in Medina. Uh, the, we had gone through some challenges during the week, but as we headed towards third, no, it was Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday morning, I, um, I was going to work a regular day. And so I had set my, my alarm to get up at seven so that I could, you know, get in and get a shower and whatnot. But as soon as I get up and I look at my phone, there's an alert that flume is telling me that water is flowing in my house in San Antonio. Now I'd had folks come in and, and we had turned off all the water, but yet here was this alarm. So, uh, I start dressing immediately to think that I'm going to be driving back to San Antonio 
continue to deal with this, which by the way, we had two snowstorms last week, and this is as the second one is rolling in, in uh, and it's snowing like crazy outside. But I also, I contacted my neighbor. I said, can you please go down and check this out? I expected that he was going to tell me that the house was flowing with water. It turns out there was just a break in a line, a little bit of PVC in the garage. And in fact, in the neighborhood, we didn't even have running water at that point. But the house in San Antonio is on the, again, side of a small hill. And, uh, and it, I think it was just water that was built up in pressure that went up the street. But it had flooded the garage, all that to say but not the house. So that's, you know, you count your blessings where you can. But it was that flume meter that alerted us that there was a problem, that I could have my neighbor go down. We opened the garage door, um, got that drying out a little bit, and uh, made sure that the rest of the house was okay. So that's my second piece of tech, the flume water uh, water meter. So www.flumewater.com. All these uh, links or products will be hopefully in the description as well. All right, so that's my second piece of tech. Now, my third piece of tech is... Well, it's stored electricity. You also can think of that as batteries. One of the pieces that became really important to uh, to us is, as we were dealing with rolling blackouts in Texas, and, and my wife did a great job of tracking when things were when when power went on, when it went off, so we could sort of build a little bit of a of a schedule when we thought it might happen. But the fact that I had an Anchor Power Core Plus twenty six eight hundred twenty six thousand eight hundred milliamps battery is that's what I always had my phone plugged into never into the wall but it the uh, every now and again I would plug you know that 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 battery into the wall and it would when the power was on get get some juice but my phone never lost power my wife's phone never lost power because we always were plugging that in uh, into that device when we knew we always had power and that was super helpful another piece is just having tons of double and triple a batteries all around. And that drives us towards kind of my fourth piece of technology, and that is different types of lighting. And I had lots of options available there. Now, I um, I love to carry lights around. I love flashlights. I have a bit of an addiction to flashlights, but I always have this small, <clears throat> excuse me, I always have this small uh, little pen light in my right-hand pocket, as well as a pocket knife, because everybody should carry a pocket knife. And so whenever the lights would go out, I would have that light. Even during the day, if you're in a room that's a little bit dark or I had to go to the garage to get something, then I would always be able to have light. I made sure that that uh, anybody else that was there always had a light handy. Now, the second is always have lanterns on on hand. And uh, and even folks, I talk to them all the time and, well, I don't camp. Why would I want a lantern? We want a lantern for any time that the lights go out. It, it I can't tell you how important having light is to your mental state when they go out, especially in the in the evening when you're used to being up doing things and all of a sudden you can't see anything anymore except for the light coming from your cell phone. But if you have light that you can put around or carry with you from room to room, I tell you, your comfort level goes up a huge notch. So it starts with having a flashlight. I can carry something on demand. Although I'll tell you in a dark house with a flashlight, it can be depressing, but at least you can see. Second, lanterns that light a room. Now they light that room a little bit different than, than of course your, your regular lights are gonna do. And that takes me to my third piece. And that is I have these Duracell work lights that are portable, they're little bricks. <clears throat> and I would stick them in the uh, in our regular light fixtures, so they were kind of right next to where the bulb might be or sitting on the top of the, the shade, and it would make it look like that light was on. And that was uh, just game changer to sanity. Because when you're in these situations, it's not just the physical toll of the temperature that's being put on you, it's the emotional toll uh, and the psychological toll as well. 
And I cannot tell you how important, second to heat, lighting really is. Now, speaking of heating, you're uh, probably asking yourself, Jeff, it was seven degrees. How did you keep the house warm with rolling blackouts? Well, first of all, it wasn't easy. In Texas, we, for heating, we use a thing called a heat pump, which is great down to 32 degrees, but useless, by and large useless beneath that. Well, we had some space heaters that would work when the when the power was on. But really my, my primary way of heating and keeping the house warm, and it also helped for lighting, was a fireplace. I spent that Saturday and Sunday before the storm hit in earnest, out cutting and splitting uh, wood just to help ensure that we had everything that we would need to carry it through. And I tell you, I, I nailed it pretty well because I had cut and split enough that carried us through, I probably had two wheelbarrow loads left uh, by the time uh, it was 60 degrees and we were heading back to San Antonio. So for heating, uh, the natural method was, of course, the fireplace. It's a very functional one. I wish that I had a wood stove, but we just don't use them that often. But that was great to have there. So great piece of just natural tech. You know, we talk about batteries for storing electricity. Well, wood is an amazing storage for for solar light. Think about the, the light from the sun coming back down to earth, hits the leaves of the trees, that uh, combined with carbon, combined with water, helps that tree to grow, gets bigger. It's just storing all that energy oh, so that we can survive through that storm. All right, so in the next piece of tech, number six, is uh, you know when you lose power, oftentimes that same power is what's driving cell towers, and it's impossible to really connect with people. But out in a rural community, we actually are strong proponents of radio technology. Uh, so lots of use of regular, you might call them regular walkie-talkies, but also a lot of us are ham radio or amateur radio operators. And so when the weather started to go south and the, the uh, electricity started to not be reliable, and in fact, 911 services became unreliable for a time as well, we, uh, in, the, in the whole area, and this is covering many miles, uh, were able to keep in communication through the use of ham radio. Now, uh, we were able to do that with handheld ham radio devices, which have good amount of power and good antennas on them. And when the power was on, we could use our base stations, or some of us have them connected into deep cycle batteries. So they would work over long distances as well, up to 80 miles. So that was pretty amazing. Another great thing was just to be checking in, especially, of course, when there's power, through texting, making sure that our neighbors, that our family, that everybody was, was safe. Nobody was really comfortable, but at least everyone was safe. Okay, so um, so that was a huge piece, communication. Now, let's talk about, this kind of takes us a little bit back to heating, but it's heating in another aspect because it was a different piece of technology. And I have some exposed pipes there at the house as the water comes in, as it goes from one place to another. There are some pipes that are exposed to the outside. And so while I kept water flowing in the house, uh, it did require that I put on these heated wires that attached to the device, to the, to the device, that attached to the pipe itself, plugged in, and, and help warm those pipes. Now, obviously, it only worked when we had power, um, but I'll tell you, that combined with keeping water flowing, and remember, keeping water flowing is utilizing gravity to its fullest in my house, uh, really worked out quite well. Now, another key element was utilizing uh, anything that we could find online in our own tracking. So first of all, we paid close attention to the forecast. Now, we did this in two ways, online as well as utilizing uh, the NOAA weather radio. Now, unfortunately, when, when rolling blackouts came in, NOAA weather radio actually went off the air in our area, which was shocking because I assumed it would be 
on, um, on battery backup or generator power supply as well. Uh, we also tracked when the power would go off and when it was on. This helped us to build a plan for how we could schedule when we were going to cook for meals. You know, my wife, we found she was cooking at four in the afternoon for dinner if she was cooking or I was cooking. And um, and then when we could, we could just warm it up later when the power was on. But if we needed a segment of time to get things cooked, we we made sure that we tracked and knew exactly when we could do that. So, um, so that makes it sound like everything was, was hunky dory and I, I nailed it great. I tell you, there was a, a lot, there was more that went well than things that didn't go well, but there were some big things that didn't go well. Ultimately, I had four pipes break in my ceiling because in my house, the pipes aren't in the foundation, uh, which is a slab foundation. They're up in the attic and two of them I'll credit to being my fault. Uh, I could have, I always thought I just needed to drip the faucet, the hot or the cold. And so when I didn't drip both sides, I found that I froze a line. Uh, and that happened in a little half bath. It also happened back in the master bathroom area as well. And so when things warmed up, it literally rained from my ceiling and it was so depressing. So there were also two other lines that broke and unfortunately, those are ones I would have never been able to see coming. The house, uh, it's not super old, but it's been through some remodels before we owned it. And there are a couple of pipes that eventually now go to nowhere where I, I spent, gosh, I spent so much time up in this attic. They went from, you know, a central feeder line over to the wall and then down. And they froze inside of there because there was no way I could have known to, uh, to, flush, to, I couldn't flush those pipes. I couldn't circulate those pipes. I couldn't drip them. Uh, and so they just ultimately, they froze. And so that was unfortunate. Uh, I will be adding larger battery backup powers. There's some really great products out there that I've discovered. Duracell makes one. It's called the Duracell Power Source 600. And that would have run many lights, even kept the refrigerator running. Also one from a company called EcoFlow, the R600. I think it's also called the River. And um, that one's based on lithium ion. The Duracell is a sealed lead acid um, uh, AGM type battery. And uh, lots of research going into those and which ones I'll buy. Actually, don't tell my wife I bought both of them and I'm going to see which one works best. So, um, so absolutely have extra ones of those around. We had plenty, plenty of food. We tend to keep a lot on hand anyway, just so we don't always have to run to the grocery store, especially when we're at the ranch. In fact, we sort of adopt this this too deep pantry, I like to call it. So everybody's got a pantry in your house with all your dry goods and cans and, and spices, everything that you've got. And when those run low, what do we do? We go to the grocery store. Well, we just keep another closet that's full of all of those regular things that we like to use. And so there's always a couple of three extra ones of those. We're not those kind of crazy folks who have lots of food that'll last us multiple years. But I tell you, we wouldn't want, for, we didn't want for anything over the course of the week. In fact, in the middle of it, I'll never forget this moment. It was Wednesday afternoon. The temperatures are in the teens and and dropping. And I'm talking to my wife and. And she says, well, what do you want for dinner? And she goes, well, I've got this recipe for chicken teriyaki. How about we have that? I said, well, that sounds great. Do we have everything we need? She says, of course. And I said, how about egg rolls? Got them in the freezer. Awesome. And she'll also make some rice. So it was uh, an amazing meal. Um, and I can't encourage enough. This doesn't have anything to do with technology. It's sort of common sensey. And that's what I'm hoping that this podcast also sort of brings out. And that is just to help you think about these situations. Now, I wouldn't expect that we will see another freeze like that this year, but I tell you with these weather events, we could see some extreme heat in the summer. How do you plan for that? How do you plan to have some fans running? Everyone should be planning for having more in their pantry and in their fridge than just a couple of days, which uh, on average in America, 
that's actually how much uh, people have in their in their houses that they could eat just a couple of days at best. How do you get to a week? How do you even get to a month uh, and then beyond? And um, and I'll tell you, for somebody who's really read a lot about this, is just going out and buying 50-pound bags of rice and beans. You won't go hungry, but you're going to be pretty miserable in the types of foods that you get to eat. So think about how you plan. Again, if just think about going out to a week that you would have everything you would need in your house to last a whole week and then two weeks and then maybe three weeks. At that point, if it's going farther than that, then we've got greater problems as a society. But, you know, we saw this last year with COVID. We Here in Texas, we saw it um, uh, here in February, which was just almost to the year mark of, of that. And as, a, as an aside, I thought it was really interesting now going into the grocery stores, the different types of things that people bought in this type of a storm as opposed to the COVID storm that we saw in late spring and summer last year and the shortages that we saw. Um, so it was really interesting to see. Now, it was also made worse here in Texas just because with those rolling blackouts and long-term blackouts, a lot of the grocery stores lost power for an extended amount of time. And so all the refrigerated or frozen goods had to be thrown away, uh, which really hampered things. So that was, that was challenging. Well, that's really the look into what this past week has been for us here in Texas. Uh, we survived it well. I tell you, I have some PTSD. I think every time I hear a drip of any sort, I have a fear that the ceiling's about to fall down on me from another leak. Um, I spent more time than I ever want to spend up in a very small attic, pulling out very wet insulation, getting ready for the insurance adjusters and, and helping to protect from that. And, uh, you know, I think I got half a day's work in across an entire week's worth of, of challenges. So, uh, all in all, we, we handled it well. Uh, I tell you this, the technology that was in place, both, uh, both high-tech and low-tech, is really what saved us. I tell you, if I didn't have that, um, that, that water battery, I'll call it, up on the, on the side of the hill, 90 feet above the house, um, guaranteeing that I always had running water to not just able to drink, but also to be able to... Um, uh, to keep the water flowing through pipes, those that I remember to turn on, um, so that we wouldn't burst any more of them. You know, I think about my parents, and they are coming up on a week with no running water whatsoever. And they live in a beautiful, very modern house, modern meaning new, and, uh, and yet while they have heat, they have no water. I mean, here are, are my parents who are relegated to going out to the rain barrel or were literally shoveling snow and melting it so that they'd be able to flush the toilet. Uh, and you think about just how do you store water? You know, I talked about food a minute ago and making sure that you had a week's worth of food in the house. Also make sure that you have water for everybody. And the general rule of thumb is to have a gallon per person per day stored in your house. And if you're a bottle drinking type, bottle water drinking type people, um, this gets relatively easy. Again, you just build up a battery of it and you just keep cycling it through. It never gets old. You don't have to do any crazy purification stuff. I mean, there are ways to store 50 gallons of it in big drums and put the right amount of, of conditioners and stuff in there to make sure that it stays good. But it's just one more thing to have to look after and a 50 gallon barrel is not small. Um, but you need to think through what some of those things are. These are the types of tech that really saved the day for us. I will be adding um, bigger uh, battery backup type stuff. I will be adding that to both locations. I will make sure that it always travels with us. Uh, and I will be looking into a larger solar type of an environment just so I can be a little bit more energy independent uh, at that house that's out on the ranch 
because, uh, it, well, it just makes sense. I think we've proven in this past year that the things that we've counted on, we maybe just can't always count on. And, uh, you know, can we do without? Yeah, you can do without for a little while, but um, uh, you just need to think through for yourself how you're going to, uh, what, what inconveniences you're willing to trade off in the future when there's an issue, not if there's an issue, but when there's an issue to any inconveniences of maybe a little extra storage room or just the extra time and effort to make these preparations. Well, I hope that you found this helpful. I hope you found it interesting. Uh, we are all thawing here in Texas. Now we're going to deal with large insurance bills. You can't buy a stick of PVC, I think, at any Home Depot uh, anywhere around anymore. So it's just the latest thing we have to deal with. But, uh, but you know, with the exception of 20-some, I think almost 30 Texans who lost their lives in this cold, the rest of us are, are you know, coming out of this and, uh, and figuring out, you know, one, how did this really happen? But two, how do we make sure that us individually never have to have it happen again? Okay, my name is Jeff DeVerter with Cloud Talk. I have thawed out. It's 70 degrees outside, which is just surreal because it was seven this time last week. And uh, this is how tech helped us survive the weather of last week. <laughs>